Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. My name is Meg Walker and I help people find a better connection to themselves through fitness, mindfulness and breath work. I've helped coach thousands of people over the years and the aim of this podcast is to help you to improve your mindset, empower you with actionable advice so you can take ownership over your health and to educate you on the many different aspects of health from fitness to behavioral change. If you want to work with me, you can learn more about my coaching at themegmethod.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. You are just who we were missing. Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. I am back with the legend, Mr. David Yim, aka Yimmy. How are you, my friend? I'm really, really good. Thanks, Meg. Good. Starting the new year with a spring in my step. Yes. And you just announced recently your big challenge. Am I right? (laughs) I'm a sucker for punishment, Meg. What can I say? Mm -hmm. Thanks for asking about it. I um... You got the marathon bug bad, my friend. I've got the marathon, but really bad. Last year, as you know, I, I ran all of the majors and I did a victory lap in London. I ran seven marathons in seven months. And then I came back and I was wondering what on earth I was going to do next. And our uh, our close friend, mm-hmm. Divad, Divad, reminded me that there were actually 12 months in a year. So I thought, Okay, well, why not? Let's try and do 12 marathons in 12 months. Yes. Starting with London 2024, all of the majors plus a few other races uh, across the world in between and finishing in London 2025. So that is my big challenge, all for Young Lives versus Cancer. Yes. As you know, you know, it's our charity that we both raise money for. So I'm happy to be and excited to be doing this next big challenge. I can't wait. And it's for the big 5-0 as well. So if you see Yimmy at any event this year, make sure you give him the birthday love. We're going to spread it across the year. <laughs> You've earned it. <laughs> Landmark birthday. My team keep telling me it's my 40th birthday, Meg. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> Use it. Why not? So, yeah. And today, after big demand, lots of requests, we are here to do the Tokyo Marathon episode. So we're very excited. We it, It's our fifth Marathon Major podcast episode. Thank you so, so much for everyone who's listened to all of the other ones. If you haven't and you're interested in doing one of those majors, please go back. We've got Tokyo we're doing today and we have Boston still to come. But yeah, today is all about Tokyo Marathon. I am doing it this year for the first time. It'll be my fifth star, which I'm so excited about. So if anyone else is running it this year, please do let us know. Yimmy would love to, he's the best cheerleader you can have. So he'll cheer you on. And I'd love to see you there at the start line. And Yimmy, you did it last year and you're also doing it in a year's time. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Exactly. I'll... So you would be doing it twice and you did it last year. Yeah. And that 2023. First year pre-COVID. That's it. I mean, I think it was the first year coming. Nobody was sure whether or not the race was going to happen nice. at one stage, given the the COVID year, they cancelled it last minute and nobody got a refund. And a lot of people had sadly already made, frustratingly already made their travel plans to get out there. This year, the last year it did happen. I was fairly confident that even, and I will talk a little bit about this, It's there was a lot of COVID restrictions that we had to to comply with but at the same time they did put on a really really good event 
And I would say that I am sharing my views on this, Meg, to help you as much as possible. Yes, I'm very grateful. As at the date of recording, we are less than eight weeks away from the Tokyo Marathon. You must be feeling super excited about this. Oh, I'm buzzing. Yeah, I'm really, really buzzing. I will talk a little bit about entry and how you actually can get into Tokyo Marathon, but... Spoiler alert, I was very lucky and that I got into the ballot first time. Now, actually, a little truth was last year I knew Yimmy was entering. I was going to enter as well. And I actually filled out all of the form and I was literally ticking away till midnight. But I chickened out because of all of post-COVID rules. There was just, I was like, oh, no, I think I'd be a little bit too stressed to do it. So all respect for Yimmy for going out there. And he still had a great experience, which he's going to talk about. So I've actually waited a year to enter, but first time entering, I got the ballot. It is a 37,500 runner race, but 320,000 people enter that ballot. I honestly didn't even know that many people entered for that few places. So I consider myself very lucky. So yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing to be out there and I hope anyone listening is too. Odds are crazy getting into that race now and with the sort of backlog from the uh, from the COVID years as well. I mean, that's why they have the world record there for the highest number of six-star finishers wow. in any race last year when I ran it because they obviously had the 2020-2021 fields that they hadn't actually then, hadn't actually caught up on. So it is the smallest field of all of the majors mm-hmm. currently. It's the newest one of all of the majors. And as I said, it's a lot of the experience I'll share today um, was based on my own experiences last year. But I think the one thing that I would say to anyone listening is you really need to read the rules this time round and and check what's changed. But you know, if the worst case scenario is they'll have some hangover from last time, and the, the best thing you can do is be prepared for it mentally. Yeah you'll deal with it on race day because, you know, we're all athletes who run these things. We do all our training. We mentally prepare for these things and it will be absolutely fine. I would just say, just don't overthink it. Yeah, absolutely. And the Japanese culture is super welcoming, super polite, but they're also very efficient. So just do as they ask, go with it. And it is at the end of the day all to give you the best race experience. But 2024, we're very lucky. A lot of the rules from last year post-COVID have lifted. I think everyone is seeing that as the first year really that it's back properly and very exciting to do so. So following that, I mentioned a little bit about the Japanese culture and what to expect. Yumi, having done the race, what are your three words that you would use to sum up this race? So, you know, we always do this, mm-hmm. you know, if I have the three words and a couple of our races, we've been bang on the yes. same. I'd be interested to see what your words are when you come and when you've done this uh, marathon. Yeah. My three words to describe the Tokyo Marathon are clean, quiet and compliant. Clean, quiet and compliant. You know what? They're, they're quite good words. I love the fact that you got quiet in there because when I asked Jimmy about his experience at the Tokyo Marathon. <laughs> Do you remember what he said? He said, it's like a silent disco. He said, everyone's <laughs> turned up to party, <laughs> but no one's making a sound. And I was like, Do you know what? That actually sounds fantastic. I can't wait. <laughs> it, it, it is the weirdest thing. I mean, let's start with a an overview. You know, it's a point to point race. Yeah. Right. So it starts in one place, it finishes another place, it starts in Shinjuku. 
at the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Building. It finishes near Tokyo Station, yeah. which actually geographically isn't that far away, but it does loop around, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. The other things I would just say, you know, in opening remarks is is it's the cleanest course you will ever run. Yeah. It is so clean, you could almost eat your dinner off the, the road surface. It's that clean. Yeah, no littering in Japan, which we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, it's also one of the most congested courses. I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which I'll talk about when I talk about the start line. And my other thing is Tokyo has one of the most complex, but the cleanest, most efficient uh, transportation system of anywhere I've been to. I mean, one of the stations I went to had like 120 different lines going through it. But it all worked. And I don't get freaked out by that. But it is the most easy to navigate with a little bit of technology, which we'll go into. So it's it's dead easy. And overall, it was a great experience for me because I met some incredibly good people who I'm still in contact with now. We're on a WhatsApp group. Love that. That's what it's all about. You know, we've done different things, but you know, we've all kept in contact. You make such good friends out there because, you know, we talk about the language situation a bit later. You know, you do stick to the people who can speak your language at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that's a big factor. So so it's a great race. It's a great event. Um, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So Tokyo Marathon 2024. It's on Sunday, the 3rd of March. Like I said, 37,500 runners. And then an extra 500 runners are going to be doing a 10km race. It's a seven-hour race, but that is from the gun time, not the chip time. So it starts at 10 past nine in the morning, and then it finishes at 10 past four. So no matter what time you cross that start line, that is the time race the race is finishing. Technically, what they say, for you to have been able to apply for Tokyo Marathon, they require you to be able to run six and a half hours. So that's approximately 50 minute per mile pace. But they do have quite strict cut off checkpoints. Now, I've had quite a few people message me to say that's their concern regarding Tokyo and just asking various coaching advice. What would your response to that be, I mean, having done the race? Because I know these things on paper sound very scary. I'm going to be really, really honest with you in terms of what I experienced, what I saw. I think that if you can run a marathon comfortably in six hours, do not even stress about it. Yep. Do not even stress about it. In fact, I probably spent a little bit too much time. I didn't stress too much, but I still probably spent too much time stressing about the checkpoints and the cutoff times. But actually, once I got going, um, and the course is a very, very, it's a very kind course, which we'll go into, but it actually, you didn't have to worry about it at all if you can comfortably run a six-hour marathon. And even if you're, if you're on the verge of six and a half hours, I would say just try to be at the front of your start wave. And the way that the start actually happens, it's a rolling start. They can get 37 and a half thousand runners over the start line in less than one hour. New York City Marathon, pay attention, right? <laughs> Two days you know, it later. It take four hours to get 50,000 runners across the line. It takes the Japanese, it takes Tokyo Marathon, less than an hour to get all the runners across the start line. Yeah. 
So, and as you said, Meg, you're absolutely right. The chasers, the chasing group, yeah. um, the back markers, the, we called them the balloon guys. We the red Everyone there called them the balloon guys. <laughs> yeah. they, were, they carried these little balloons. It's same in Rome, by the way, you'll get to experience. Rome was, we, we won't so track too much, but Rome, my description of that would be Mario Kart. <laughs> it was, it, it was, the, the, the whole thing's like a video game, yeah. right, Meg? There are eight checkpoints. And if you want, I can share with you the times for the checkpoints and you yep. can put them in the show notes from last year's guide. I should imagine that actually it's going to be fairly similar this time round, but I actually do have the eight checkpoints. Wonderful. And there's a sign for each one at the side saying this checkpoint will close now at whatever time. And now, do you remember in the sort of 80s and 90s going to arcades and you played those games, those driving games where you sat in a car and you, yeah. I think I think it was called Outrun or something. Yes, I think you're right, yeah. And you had to drive in this course and you you had to get to a checkpoint in order to continue, to get more time so you could continue. It's a bit like that, right? There are eight checkpoints. You've got to get to the checkpoints before the certain time. If you run out of time, they close the course. Yep. And I've got them up here for this year, so I'll put those in the show notes. Yeah, do that because, and it won't mean, there's one at sort of like 4.9, one at 11.1, one at 15.4, 20.9, 24.7, 29.2, 33.5, 37.8, and then obviously the close, the, the the finish line. So they're the sort of like locations of each of those, and there's just, there's a time. You've got to get across those checkpoints before that closing time. And then what happens is, and I saw this when I was running on the course, when you're running in the switchback. When they get to that point, they literally pull these cones across the course and the course is closed. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't get to the checkpoint, then you'll you'll get pulled off the course. If the balloon guys catch you, then 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 you'll get pulled off the course. Real life Mario Kart. It is real life Mario Kart. So so be aware of it, but don't overthink it, would be my advice. Yeah, absolutely. As like Yumi said, if you can run comfortably six hours, don't even let it. Yeah, don't even think about <laughs> Enter it. Enter your brain, don't worry. If you're over that, again, knowledge is key. You know that now. You have, from this recording, it'll be a little less when it comes out, but we're at around the eight-week mark now before that. i say slow and steady does win the race in that that's where your pacing is going to be key. And it should be in all marathons, but if you can keep a steady, consistent pace, that means don't panic and go guns blazing at the start. Just exactly like Yumi said, make sure if you can be at the start of your pen if you can. If you're worried about the time, try and be the start of your pen. So you're crossing that finish start line a little bit quicker and then just pace yourself well. Keep to a, a sensible pace that you can keep up and just be consistent with and you'll be all right. Excellent. Great. So, yeah, that's the cutoffs as uh, we wanted to start with that because we knew a lot of people were starting to get concerned with that you can give that a google as well it's on the tokyo marathon participants guideline but i'll also put that in the show notes yeah now getting a place so, so hopefully if you're listening to this you've got a place for 2024 but i know a lot of people listen to this podcast because they're wanting to do it in the future and be inspired 
Now, I was extremely lucky, as I mentioned, to get one of those ballot places, uh, which are limited for international runners. Like I said, 320,000 runners enter for 37,500 places. It was 160 US dollars. That's 125 pounds plus I paid $10 for bag drop, which you do pay this year and you have to do in advance. That's something to note. Um, so I'd say that's about mid price for the majors. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yumi, you got yours through international sports, sports stores, stores, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. I mean, the three ways you get into this race, one ballot, two yeah. sports tours, tour company, and three do the charity route, which we can yeah. talk about. Yeah. But it was probably the most expensive one because the hotels are not cheap yes. in Tokyo. It's probably the most expensive race to one to get to and two when you're staying in Tokyo as well, in terms of accommodation, yeah. you can eat really, really cheaply while you're in Tokyo as well, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. But it was it was quite expensive to actually do that. The packages were the most expensive of the six of the six majors. Um, not, not discounting London, of course, because I never took a, a tour package to London because yeah. it's obviously my my home race and I always do it for charity. But the other way to get in, of course, is charity, which is a very, very strange sort of reverse auction uh, approach. It is. It is. But actually, you are looking at the same, if not a little bit cheaper with tours, potentially doing the charity option as well. But it's not as straightforward as some of the other charity places necessarily. Well, well it depends. I mean, the charity places sort of open in, in, um, in June time. Yeah. And you basically have to go onto the Tokyo Marathon website. And this is just from memory. Yeah. You go onto the Tokyo website and there are some certain charities and you pick the charity you want to. And you can only apply to one of them, I think. If you apply to multiple, you don't, you get your bid rejected. Oh, wow. And what you do is you bid a minimum of 100,000 yen, which is about 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, if there are multiple people who all bid the minimum the people who bid the most will get a place right and what you do is you then have to pay that money up front and then backfill (laughs) the fundraise later okay no other race does it this way so there's not like a commitment like london you say i'm going to raise two thousand pounds and and therefore i'm you know I'm going to spend the next few months raising the money. Yeah. In Tokyo, you make the payment up front and then you fundraise afterwards. Right. So you really are putting the money where your mouth is. <laughs> you've got to, as right up front. And strategically, you've got to be you've got to be quite strategic about how you bid as well. So so some people I was gonna who, say you've got to hope everyone's been a little cheap this year, because that could get expensive. Do you know what? Last year, everyone who bid for a charity got a place because they were undersubscribed. Right. This year, it was oversubscribed. There was a lot of chatter on some of the Facebook groups that I'm on about how people were gamifying it and saying, Mm. you know, some people who said, look, you know what? I can afford £1,500 straight off the bat. You know, that's nearly 200,000 yen. I'm just going to bid that. And they bid double the minimum. There will be some people who bid the minimum and then you know, they were surprised that they didn't get a place. So that's one thing to look out for. And nobody else does it this way. Yeah, it's a very interesting there. So arguably, 
up there probably with Boston, if not more so, one of the hardest of the majors to get into. Like Yumi said, that's why a lot of people, it's their last one. Yeah. So yeah, about mid price for majors in terms of the ticket, your entry. entry. But actually, I, I agree with Yumi, they're most expensive. So especially if you're coming from Europe, book early. So if you're thinking about doing it in the future year, book early for that hotel, book early for flights as you can. The transport links are pretty good from the airports, I see. And also looking ahead, I would say, for travel and just having an idea how you're getting from the airport for places. Because I hear taxis are very quite high cost. They're not bad, actually. They're not bad, as, they bad as No, they're not as bad as London's. Uh, it's any, any big city sort of cost to get in. I mean, if you fly, there are two airports. There's Narita and Haneda. Yeah. And if you go to Haneda, it's actually clo- a lot, lot closer. You'll be in the main city within half an hour or so. Yeah, I'm going to Haneda. And it wasn't stupidly expensive to actually go down that route. You can get the train in. I mean, the one thing I would say is before you even travel out there, before you even, you know, before you even get to like the expo and the hotel and all that sort of stuff, my top tip would be book early. Now is a good time because if you haven't done it already, because the sales are on, Yeah, you know, and if you don't mind flying via somewhere else, I appreciate it is a really, really long journey. I mean, I flew direct and it was 13 and a half hours. Yeah. I know some people who took even longer than that because they flew via somewhere else. But my top tip, Tokyo is currently nine hours ahead of us. Yeah. And from all of my sort of business travel, Flying west to east is the worst in terms of jet lag because you lose time. Yeah. If you're flying to New York, say, five hours behind us, you get there, you you basically having a late night, basically. You yeah. gain a bit of time. You have a late night, you go to bed tired and you wake up and actually you can get over the jet lag pretty quickly. Going the other way, west to east is always bad. And I would say just be really strategic about how much you sleep on that plane. I actually set myself an alarm clock. And even though I, I was pretty comfortable on the plane and I thought, you know, I'm sleeping really well here. I set an alarm clock that woke me up after five and a half hours of sleep because I landed at five o'clock in the evening. If I had a slept a good, you know, at seven or eight hours and slept on through, I would have been wide awake mm-hmm. when it would be bedtime. Right, because I've lost time. I've lost nine hours worth of time, effectively. Yeah. Do be strategic about how much you sleep on that plane. So when you land, you might land slightly tired, but that means you go to bed and you reset your body clock. And I would strongly recommend, hopefully you've got your flights already, um, getting out there Wednesday or latest Thursday before the race. Give yourself some time to actually settle into that time zone. Yeah, excellent advice. That's what I was going to add as well. Obviously, it's a privilege if you can go for longer. Um, but if you can, I think I'm uh, landing on the Tuesday just to give myself that extra yeah. bit of time. Smart. Also, just the sightsee in Tokyo as well. But uh, yeah, it's going to help you massively because that is one of the downsides coming from Europe to Tokyo is that time difference. So excellent advice right there. So next up, the Expo and Packet Pickup. So the Expo for Tokyo is at Big Site South Exhibition Halls. And that is from February the 29th, which is the Thursday, and that is till the Friday. And that, so the pickup, that's the hours I've given you because that's the most important bit. That is 10 a.m. till 8.30 from Thursday, Friday. And then on Saturday, that closes a bit early 
Australia at 5.30. Do not forget to take your passport or driving license as your ID. You must pick up your own packet and you cannot pick it up on the day. What else would you like to add about the expo, Yimmy? Because I know you've got some excellent anecdotes about your experience here. The expo is in this wicked building. You go there and it's just super impressive. It's it's like, you know, Tokyo, modern Tokyo building is super impressive to look at. It's all glass and steel and you can see it's a convention center. It blows the Excel center out of the water in terms of what it <laughs> yeah. looks like. It has its own metro station as well. I think, you know, if you're staying anywhere close to a metro station, you can easily navigate. We'll talk about navigation the hours you said are absolutely right. Just be, just be prepared for a lot of queuing. Yeah. The, the Japanese, a bit like the Brits, they love a queue. I was going to say, we love a queue, but I we might even be beaten here. And Brits love a queue. We know how to queue. So hopefully we've been practicing our whole lives as Brits for queuing. <laughs> so we should be well prepared. You know what? I mean, last year the, there was the added thing, and I'm hopefully don't have it this year. So last year you had to queue up and you had to take some health app monitoring app, and they had to check that first. Then you had to get in another queue for something else, and then finally you get in a queue for the actual bib pickup. I think that the the health check app stuff's gone, hopefully. Yeah. So it shouldn't take as long, but it does get busy. It's almost the the expo's on two levels. Mm-hmm. So you walk in, and first of all, there's a section that's only for runners. Yeah. And they were very restrictive about it due to COVID last year. So they didn't just allow anybody in. There was only one section. It was only for runners. You had to queue up and you have to go to your a specific desk yeah. to get your bib. So it's not like Berlin or, or, or London. It's a bit like Chicago in a way and, and Boston, where you actually have to go to a specific desk according to your race number. And then you'll get your bag if you've got the bag uh, bag drop option um you'll get your bib which i've got to say you know i framed all my 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 bibs meg and normally i measure them so you know what size it is your opportunity (laughs) i'm sorry i I framed it it's (laughs) (laughs) so it is the the smallest bib of all of the six majors so it will fit you know, if you've, you're used to running other races, about yep. the size of the Chicago bib, I would say. Yep. It is the smallest bib. You'll also get your pins, but you'll also get this timing chip. Boop, boop. Sorry to say it. Now, I'm I'm hoping that all of the majors will end up using the, the timing strips that they put on the back of the bibs. Yep. But Tokyo Marathon 2023 certainly still had it. They gave you a, a shoe tag. They did give you the little yellow suit ties. Uh, I always say take spares with you, the little cable tie things, uh, so you can tie them to your shoe. Do tie them to your laces. Yes. Not don't try and lace your late your shoes through these holes in the chip. It'll be a nightmare the other end. (laughs) (laughs) People, if you listen to the Berlin Marathon episode, hopefully we we have saved you a great pain, but we will remind you again. Apart from that, then you sort of leave the expo there and you go downstairs and so actually there's a back part where there's the ASICS merch is there. Now you the official sponsor. Meg, you know I love the merch, right? Yeah, that is your time to shine. That's where star eyes ready to go. Didn't buy a thing. 
I, I couldn't believe this. When Yimmy messaged me when he was there and I was like, I don't believe it. Someone's got your phone. <laughs> I did not buy a single thing. The, the, and that is saying something. That is saying something. I mean, there's the usual things where you can go in and they give you these free gift bags and there's like loads of real funky stuff in there. Like there's some some of this salt candy stuff and and then there's like a uh they, they they give you these bath salts as well so there's lots of freebies but you but it's all in japanese and you can't quite work out what it's for <laughs> yeah. so if you can't tell leave it till after the race would be my advice <laughs> yeah just 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 don't i would say yeah. um have a have a little fun experiment once you've done and the google translate doesn't really help you. You take a photograph of it and you look on Google Translate and it doesn't really help you. I got one packet and I thought, what is this? Is this this must be electrolyte drink. And it turned out it was like it's strawberry flavor. And then when I when I did Google Translate it, it said bath salts. Oh, <laughs> this is having a good old sip. <laughs> so, so, You're that man in Lush who's trying to eat the <laughs> <laughs> who's licking the banana flavored candle, yeah the licking the banana know. bath bomb <laughs> sir that's not a real cupcake <laughs> <laughs> so so just be careful of the freebies that you get so the merch is sponsored by asics yep and there was after being in what three queues uh, and then you queue up to go and have your bib photo taken that's really worthwhile they've got like all the other majors, mm -hmm. they've got like a mock-up of the sort of start line and you go and have your big picture taken. And that's really, really good fun. Everybody just queues up in a really, really sort of polite way. They snake around and they get there. It's really compliant. And then you get to the ASICs thing. Now, this was where I think one of the biggest letdowns, there was a two-hour queue just to get into the ASICs concession. Oh, my goodness. So, so you remember you and I went to the, the New York one and it was a bit of a free-for-all and a yeah. total bun fight. <laughs> None of that, right? No. The Japanese do tell you that, you know, you get to this section of the queue, there's two hours to go. You get to this section of the queue, there's one hour to go. And they also very, very helpfully mm -hmm. have a board with all of the merch on it. Right pictures of all of the merch and it tells you what's sold out oh, no <laughs> nothing more demoralizing when you got to the two hour mark <laughs> exactly you get there and there's nothing left okay so so for the people who are the boston runners who love the jacket we'll talk mm -hmm. about boston in the next episode mm -hmm. i'm afraid there is no such thing as a finisher's jacket in tokyo so just no. deal with it right <laughs> second thing is they ran out of most of the merch of the good stuff by the end of day one. And I think it's because, and it's a bit like Nike with, with Chicago. ASICs only sponsor one, are the major sponsor for one uh, major, and yes. it's Tokyo. And they don't produce a lot. And there's nowhere else in town where you can get any merch. It's all at the expo. So no going down to like Adidas store or the ASIC store or okay. Under Armour or wherever, like you've got in other races where you can actually pick up merch elsewhere. There's nowhere else does it. Not like Berlin where you get everywhere in town sells the Adidas merch. Yeah. You only have that concession. And the good news is they tell you when stuff's sold out so you don't even bother wasting your time queuing up. I, I left there and didn't buy anything. You then go downstairs, and this is like the main hall of the expo. Okay. Which is, again, really weird. And the first half of the route, the, the hall, 
is dedicated to all these non-commercial stands. So there's some charity stands there. There are some stands which are talking about running in other places, etc. But the whole place feels like it's some sort of health assessment clinic. Okay. These like whiteboards. Yeah, it's, it's not the color that you get in, you know, when you go to New York and yeah. in London even where there's lots of color. It's almost like a very, very clinical sort of guide through this part of the hall where it just stands with tables with white tablecloth you know plastic tablecloths on them and people stood behind them promoting goodness knows what it was just really really (laughs) just just a bit sad really really uninspiring Hmm. there was no like stage where there were big presentations about you know to inspire you like in london it's very very runner centric yeah and then, you know, you get downstairs and then finally you get into a bit where they're selling stuff, right? right? And I remember there was a place that sold gels and stuff. And it was like one of those really, really small market stalls where it was just really tight. And I was surprised that given the COVID restrictions, they were allowing people to get so bunched together. Yeah. And it was like a bun fight in that one small stall. There was one the only shoe manufacturer I took any notice of was Saucony mm-hmm. because I run in Saucony. And yeah. and even by then, it was right at the end and I was just not that interested by the time I got there. Cued out. You know, and the, the only other place was the Theragun stand was there. So I at least got a free sort of like Theragun massage oh, gun good. on me. Yeah, for... it wouldn't be an expo without it. Exactly. And I and I ended up walking out of there with my with my bib and my my timing chip and and that was it it was the least inspiring and it was very disappointing if you like the merch tokyo is probably not the race for you unless you go on thursday yeah (laughs) and also i think like you i don't know whether it was different last year but you can buy a shirt i think they've um extended it till the 19th of jan you can buy a special tokyo shirt for like 45 dollars. but i think that even sold out early last year yeah i mean they had the charity shirt as well so if you run for a charity there's a special charity and that was another line you needed to get into <laughs> of course. and that looked ridiculously long as well <laughs> but i ended up i ended up getting a very very colorful very unflattering Tokyo, you know, with all the bright colors on it, but it was the most horrible design. Mm. And I wore it the day after the marathon when I went to do my Medal Monday photos. And that was the last time I wore it. Fair enough. So, yeah, I think it'll be a different experience, the expo. I mean, after this description, I am excited to see it in the flesh. But absolutely remember your passport and ID photo. There is, from what I read, there isn't the same COVID restrictions anymore. So you don't have to worry about that unless something came last minute. Don't have to worry about that stuff. Make sure that you have a plan if you're going to the expo with a loved one because there are areas where they can't be in there. So just pick where to meet them. Pick your line, basically. Pick what lines are worth it and just make sure you get that done by Saturday, as I say, because you can't do that on the day. But yeah, thank you for the extra info there because that's going to help a lot of people for sure and hopefully save some people from some disappointment. Merch magpies on the day. So before the race, there is a 5K uh, 5K warm-up that you can do. I also, it was uh, cool to find out that they do have park runs in Tokyo as well. So like, for example, is it 
Futter Kota Magawa without insulting anyone park run. So yeah, have a look. There are park runs available. There's a 5k warm up as well. So that's a little thing. Did you do any of the warm ups this time? No, I didn't. The 5k, the 5k is actually sold out. I still go on yeah. there's a special name of it and there's a like a yeah. like 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 berlin has the sort of friendship run but i did look at it and i did note that the the event the day before the friendship run yeah. has actually closed now which is a real shame but do go park run tourism is very very popular now so so just go and find a a park run but you know you might it might actually help you feel a little bit more settled if you're still suffering from jet lag, to go out on that Saturday morning shake out, just shake out some nerves and and prepare, you know, get the body into, get the body moving and just be in the right mindset to start the race on the Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're thinking of doing it in the future, sign up early for the official one. But I think it's really yeah. nice that they've got park runs there. So you've got options that you could just tag along too. So back to the race itself, we've um, talked a little bit about the fact that where it starts, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Building, it ends at Tokyo Station, which is Gyoko Dori Avenue. So the race itself is a pretty flat one. We're talking 78 metres elevation, which is 256 feet with a maximum elevation of 40.9. It's definitely not a rolling course, but there is slight rolling. I'd say from what I'm looking at, it's not as flat as Berlin, but it's probably on par with Chicago. Would you say that's fair to say? Haven't done it, Yumi? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. You don't even notice it, to be honest. I mean, I'm looking at my Strava from last year. It looks like a massive sort of descent at the beginning, but actually it's over 10 kilometers. It's, you know, you drop from 40 meters to zero and it's it's over you know 15 kilometers by the looks of things and then the, the incline is going from 25 kilometers to 32 kilometers and it only goes up 20 meters in all of that space so it's very very gentle as i said it's very very kind um in terms of the in terms of the elevation so i don't think there's anything really to worry about in terms of you can run a fast time there yeah. And I actually ran my PB there yeah. at the time. And that, again, not only was it a PB, we're talking about this was sandwiched amongst many marathons as well. So you should be super proud of yourself. Now, one thing we were talking about this together before we started recording, something as a coach that I wanted to mention as well. And I know a few of you have messaged me about this concern. So what does stand out about the Tokyo Marathon course is it does have three major switchbacks where you are basically four. There's four, is there? Okay. So four major switchbacks, which is essentially where you, when you're running, you're seeing yourself like later on in the course, you're going to be coming back on yourself. Now, from my coaching experience of this, what I would say is like, you know that we're telling you it's on the information go into it with a good mindset. Your mindset, well, in any race, your mindset can either work for you or against you. So if you can look at that as a positive thing, right? You see the inspiration of the other runners going the other side, or you could let that really get to you, right? Thinking and in your head of like, where's that turning point going to be? Where's that turning point going to be? So I'd really say like, you know, in advance, those are coming up. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Be curious. Enjoy the race. Don't search the switchback. Yeah. Don't let it get to you. You you know they're going to be there. 
you're doing what you're doing. Don't worry about what anyone's doing the other side and just be curious about what you're doing in your own race and you'll get to there when you get there. You just need to carry on with your pace at strategy and what you're doing. What would you add to that, Yumi? I think you're right. Look, four switchbacks, 60% of this course, you're running in switchback, which means you are seeing runners going the other way. So I think the first switchback is just after 10 kilometers. Now, the weird thing about the the Tokyo course is that switchback is almost like you're running on one side of the road versus someone running on the other side of the road going in the opposite direction. And it's only separated by some cones. <laughs> it's that Mario Kart again. <laughs> it, it is. It is Mario Kart. I mean, there are just little, little. They're not even big cones. They're little cones. Not even big barriers. They're just little cones. Now, I did see someone. The first switchback is just after ten kilometers, but you actually see runners coming the other way from about nine and a half kilometers. And I did see someone cut the course. Mm. They cut. A, I mean, I, I didn't get their number or whatever. But actually, you know what? Yeah. Um, a few hundred meters later, there were some timing mats. There are timing mats every 5K. So he would have missed the timing mat. So I reckon he would have been disqualified. But I did see someone. You can, if you want to, just jump on the other side and run the other way, right? Just not worth it, folks. It's just not worth it, right? And actually, this dishonest and I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone listening to your podcast, Meg, would be somebody who would do that anyway. But I'm not even worried about that for a second. Your first one is at, uh, as I said, just after 10 kilometers. Your second switchback is then around 19 kilometers, just before halfway. Mm -hmm. Then you're about 23 and a half, 24 kilometers before you get to that third switchback. And then the last switchback is is the cruelest (laughs) one of all. And I'll come to why it is. It's right at the end of the race. It's about 37 kilometers is the last switchback, but you are seeing runners going the other way for quite some time. I agree with you. Run your own strategy here. At one stage of the race, it can be a bit disconcerting because I saw the runners, the leading group, pass me the other way. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the race, I was just completely blindsided by are these people behind me? Are these people in front of me? But actually, I just said to myself, you know what? It doesn't matter if they're in front of you or behind you. Just get on with your race. exactly. And once you've got that in your head, it becomes quite straightforward. Mm -hmm. As I always say, you know, get your head into the race. Don't let the race get into your head. Exactly. Right? And this is what you need to do for Tokyo. Before I went to Tokyo, I couldn't stand running in switchbacks. Mm -hmm. I went to Tokyo and you know what? I don't mind switchbacks at all now. You know, I went to Boston and I didn't like hills. And I came back from Boston and I don't mind hills now, right? So if there's anything that's going to cure you of your fear of switchbacks, Tokyo Marathon is (laughs) just that, right? Yeah. It is, in terms of the course, it is in a very confined part of the city, Mm And I would say this about the Tokyo Marathon. It doesn't have the buzz and the excitement leading into it like the other majors, yeah. right? So I'm going to contrast this with Boston particularly mm-hmm. because Boston, the finish line is permanently on you know, Boylston Street, yeah. right? You can be months away from the marathon. You go to Boylston Street, you can see the finish line of the Boston Marathon. They don't even set up the start line gantry for the Tokyo Marathon till the morning of the marathon. Yeah. And I know this, but you know, you know, in Berlin, you see these videos of them marking out the, yeah, the Adidas yeah. three stripes. People excited. You know, and they show you the Berlin 
you know, the Brandenburg Gate and where they've built the gantry, the start-finish gantry, and mm-hmm. none of that, right? So it's almost like the Tokyo Marathon is an event that happens to the city and they don't want the mess of it yeah. all and they want it all over and done with as quickly as possible. Clean, efficient. Yeah, done. yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I went with a friend of mine to the Tokyo Metropolitan Building to look at where the start line was the day before. We were doing a recce. Yeah. We must have walked around there seven or eight times, like there, a couple mate. of Muppets, right? <laughs> we couldn't find anything. And the next day, we it was it was right there where we we strolled past there. And, you know, because, you know, they hadn't actually built it till that Sunday morning, we just didn't know yeah. where the start fit, where the start line was. So you don't get that sort of buzz and it's in a quite confined part of the city. But that does mean you are in switchback for about 60% of the course. Yeah. I say, just get into the race and just deal with it. Yeah. And again, as well, like, you know, this information. So go into that, you know it, you can make it work to your advantage. And also you've, again, you'll probably have a little bit less than that by the time you listen to this, but we're eight weeks out, like incorporate some of this stuff in training. None of my clients, none of the athletes that I work with are ever shocked in a race because we always look and prepare for different options. All right. If there's a change in weather, We've discussed it. We've practiced it. So think about these things now. Don't worry about these things now. Just think, what would your what would your plan be? So we're already giving yeah. you that information. You can expect the switchbacks. They're there. Don't worry about it. You're doing your own race. It doesn't matter what someone else is doing the race. Yeah. You just enjoy your race. Don't let it get you would be our advice there. Yeah. So, and also... Bringing back to what you mentioned at the start, Yumi, it might be a good time to mention about the congestion that you said about on the course. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, 38,000 runners say all over the line in less than one hour, right? Rolling start. There are, you know, eight or nine different start pens. You have to go to your start pen. They they are very, very strict about that. They will check your bibs. It's on your bib. Like, and like I said, one of my words is compliant. There are rules for everything. And Japanese culture is everyone knows the rules and follows the rules. There are no exceptions. So you get into your start pen and actually it starts free flowing quite quickly. And you all on this main straight and then you run past the start line and there's no breaks between each wave. Not like New York where you've got the whole sort of like pomp and circumstance of you know, the band playing and all that sort of stuff. It starts and everyone goes. Gun time is at 9.10. But that does mean that you've got a lot of bunching at the start. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I, we we talk about this a lot, Meg. And we say, always, always, always start slow. Yeah. And it took me, and I, I watch back my Instagram news stories and I put them into Tokyo Marathon. Anyone interested, if you go onto my Instagram, scroll through on my highlights videos and you'll see one of them is Tokyo Marathon. It'll be linked in the show notes to Yumi. It took me nine miles to find space. Wow. Right, but I used all of that congestion to my advantage because yeah. it slowed me down. And you know what, Meg? When I look back at my splits on Strava, mm-hmm. I ran the most even race of any of the marathons I've ever done. I've yet to hit that negative split, yeah. but I got pretty damn close in Tokyo. You know, I ran the first half in 220. I ran 445. So I ran five minutes slower in the second half compared to the first half. And the second half, I was jeffing. Amazing. 
right? So use the congestion to stop you from going too fast. And I'll share one story with you. A very good friend of mine, she was in the pen behind me, three miles in. She blazed past me. And I thought, hang on a minute. (laughs) She and I have a very, very similar marathon PB, both of us in Berlin, both 458 or something, 457. She might have been a minute, two minutes faster than me. She came blazing past me. I thought, Ooh, she's going a bit quick. Mm-hmm. 16 miles, I caught her and I breezed past her when she looked like she was struggling. Yeah. And so so use that that congestion to your advantage. It does it's it the course is wide, but because it's quite a compressed area, the marathon routes across across quite a compressed area, it does mean that's lots and lots of people and you've just don't weave, just take your time, run your strategy. And you will find some space towards the end of the, towards the middle and towards the end of the course. It just takes a bit of time to clear. Yeah. And I know I haven't done the race yet, but that would be my biggest advice for this, for, for the whole trip, have a strategy. If you, we're, we're giving this information, hopefully to actually empower you, inspire you. None of this stuff will worry. Go with a strategy. You don't have English as the first language there. So you know that before you go somewhere, you've got to have a bit of a plan. Same with the race as well. You know there's going to be switchbacks. You know there's going to be congestion. Use it to your advantage. And the fact that, as I say, Yimmy said, nine miles worth of congestion, actually he made work in his favor and he got a PB on the day. So use this to, as like motivation, have a little bit of a strategy and you'll be just fine. So talking about that start line, you've got the start block and entry gate on your bib. You'll also have a package truck number if you have paid for dropping off your bag for the day. Remember your throwaway layers because I think it is at least 30 minutes at the start line. However, with the Japanese, I believe you do, well, you will have to put it in the designated areas. They're very strict about littering. But I don't know if that was different for your year, Yumi. Right. No, it, and, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought it up because they are absolutely passionate about people putting stuff in the bin. Yeah. Right. If you go to Tokyo, when you go to Tokyo, when you walk down a street and let's say you've eaten a chocolate bar and you've got the wrapper in your hand, no. there are no bins. But Tokyo is so clean because they have a culture where everyone takes their stuff home with them. Everyone takes their litter home with them. There's nowhere to throw anything away. People have just gotten used to just taking stuff and people don't leave and litter anywhere. If you're caught littering, dropping gel packets on the ground and you're caught by a marshal, you can be disqualified. But there are plenty of people with bags. There's almost like an obsession <laughs> yeah. with people having the bag bags. People all over the clear yeah. bags. Yeah. And and you basically they I mean, last year there was some confusion. I'm glad you mentioned the language as well, because the problem with the instructions, the runner instructions, the runner's handbook comes out at the start of February. So I'm and, and this information will be in there, I'm sure. They said at the last year, don't bring any. You know, there, there, for us last year, there was no bag drop unless you were charity, wow, okay. right? But this yeah. year, you've got bag drop, right? So but this they, year, you have to pay for it if you want to do it. This yeah. year, well, I think mm-hmm. that, fair enough. But last year, there wasn't even a bag drop, and then they said you can't bring, you can't bring any clothes at the start. And with hang on a minute, it's going to be like nine degrees yeah. in the morning. If I looked at the temperature of the races in the last few years, the average is around eleven degrees for the race. Yeah. 
So it is cool and it's slightly early, it's very early in, in March. So you've got to have some layers, but there are plenty of bins. Yeah. You don't have to use a designated one. You just have to use to, into yeah. your pen. You just have to put it. I mean, right by the start, there was these big hoppers where you could put stuff. And actually during the race, you had these people stood in the middle of the course with big clear plastic bags. And there's one thing I will share with you, Meg. Quite a funny story. I, Despite the congestion, I didn't have any problems running into any other runners. Right. What almost tripped me up so I almost fell flat on my face was I was running along and a volunteer ran onto the course oh my goodness right in front of me to pick up a gel wrapper <laughs> to put in a bin i thought like the gel usually gets wrapped by slipping but no you slipped over the volunteer that went to get the packet i i almost i almost tripped over a volunteer picking up somebody else's dropped gel packet and it was that it was almost like it was the most urgent thing that person had to do at that moment was to pick up that gel packet. I think it was. <laughs> so yeah, but, but don't please don't be, I always say, don't be a gel end. Yeah. Right. 100%. Put you keep keep your gel wrappers, put them in your pocket, put them in your shorts or whatever. When you see somebody with a big bin liner, then put it in there. It wasn't like Chicago. Remember where there was debris everywhere with clothes discarded. Yeah. Very, very tidy at the start. Very, very clean. As I said, it will be the cleanest course you've ever run so i'm glad you mentioned the sort of like clothes at the start there was some confusion last year when they said don't bring them then they changed their mind and said oh no no no, you you need to bring some warm clothes yeah and another example of the the sort of language issue Mm -hmm. is if you look at the instructions from last year's handbook it says there are certain things that you can't bring yeah right um so it says you can't wear a hydration vest for example Mm -hmm. But it says, but bring a rucksack yeah. <laughs> that you can run in to bring your dry clothes. There's some translation issues there. Yeah, exactly. It's lost in translation. Mm-hmm. It literally is that film where there's yeah. there's certain things they say you can have and then you can't have. So you've got to be very, very careful about reading the rules and just asking, you know, by, by all means, ask questions if you've got any, any concerns. Another one was... Uh, so you are not allowed to wear hydration vests on the course. It does actually say no canteens, water bottles, plastic bottles, cans, and other such containers are allowed, right? Now, I think that that is more of a try not to have lots of plastic water bottles being discarded. But having said that, they do have water bottles inside the start line area. Right, because this was going to be my question, because I heard, is, is it, I'd read that you can't bring food or f- like it can only be empty water bottles coming into the start line. But once you're in the start line, there is food and drink available. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So, so from last year, it says you're allowed to have some unopened commercially available items, drinks, boxes, cartons, aluminium foil pouches. So you get to see them in these Japanese stores. I didn't try one. Yeah. And you buy, the, they have these like energy, they're almost like in that, those foil, like Capri Sun. Right. But well, it smaller. Look like it's going up to space with you. Yeah, it looks like, it's exactly that. Like yes, it looks like something you find on a space rocket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, NASA would use or something. Yeah. <laughs> but they have to be smaller than 250 millilitres. 
Okay. Right. So, but they sell them in the shops. Mm-hmm. But you can have three of those, for example. But you just can't have a five hundred milliliter yeah. one, right? Sure. <laughs> and I think that you're not allowed plastic water bottles. But you, I did take because you know I'm a Tailwind user. I do because that's why I was going to ask you. What did you do? So I took a soft flask, and I'll see if I've got one in the in the running cupboard. I must have one somewhere. The cupboard of dreams. I have got one somewhere, but I took two soft flasks in with me, empty, both empty. Mm -hmm. I took the Tailwind packets with me and I mixed them with the water. And actually, you know what? They checked me at security going into the start pen. I had my silicone soft flasks there. They were 500 mil ones. They looked at them. They were fine with them. And the lady in the in the start pen even poured the water into my what, into my soft flask for me while I mixed my tailwind. Mm-hmm. How nice was that, right? Exactly. So I think you can bring the bottles, but they have to be empty. Empty. Right. Yeah. They have to be empty. You can't bring the fluids with you, but there's plenty of water inside the start line. The other thing, as you, as we always talk about, because we always do on these <laughs> on these podcasts, toilet situation. Yes, we runners, we love to talk about toilets and poo. So let's do it. Do you know what? <laughs> so so clean unreal in terms of how clean they were that is i think that is what we've like we've as a runner if you've ever done a big marathon you have earned <laughs> to experience some clean portaloos at least once because i firmly believe when the world does end it will start in a portaloo at the start of one of those marathons <laughs> so that's a delight i'm very much looking forward to a clean portaloo experience so amusing though because because <laughs> You know, all of the public toilets in Tokyo are mm-hmm. super clean. Even the ones in the metro stations that, you know, they all have these toilets that have these toilet seat cleaning things that happen. and the, oh, the like, like the electric are, ones. That... Yes, you press a button and it warms the seat and it cleans the Disco. seat for you. <laughs> well, not quite that on the okay. Portaloo. Maybe this year, who knows? There was, one, if there was one very amusing picture and I did take a photograph of it and I have to share it with you at some point where... It, it has instructions on how to use the portaloo because a lot of Japanese toilets, public toilets, are those pads on the ground, yes. which have a hole in the ground with the feet pads. Which you need to look out for the Western loo. That's this is exactly right. There are That's two exactly different right. signs. Yeah. Look out for the Western toilets, but all the portaloos are Western style, like we'd expect yeah. in a Western portaloo. Just make sure you're in the right line. But there was a there was a very amusing uh, instruction panel in the toilets and it says this is how you sit on this toilet <laughs> and, and there's one that says with a big cross through it was somebody looking like they're squatting over the toilet bowl um i did laugh and i thought to myself if you haven't sussed out how to use a portaloo by now then you've yeah. got bigger problems than, than <laughs> yeah. you know, don't than even worry about the, the cut-offs other stuff I would say is once you get started, you, you're on this course, it's not the most inspiring course, Meg. I was going to say it's not the most inspiring toilet. No, no, no. no. <laughs> right, no I'll, I'll come to the on-the-course toilets yes. in a moment, yes. actually, because there is something I'd say about that. Mm-hmm. The, the the course itself is very, very samey. Tall mm-hmm. buildings everywhere, right? Now, the other thing that you just need to just deal with mm-hmm. is that your GPS will go crazy. Right. That's because great. there are so many tall buildings, mm-hmm. your GPS is going to jump in, jump out. And it's a bit like Canary Wharf in London, right? So, yeah. 
at one stage, I thought I was at 15, you know, I crossed the 15 mile marker. Again, it's on my highlights reel mm-hmm. on um, on Instagram. I got to 15 miles and and the, the mile markers and the kilometer markers are quite hard to see. They're quite small. So do they, because I'd read that it was only kilometers apart from halfway was a mile. Is that? Yes. Okay. Kilometer, right. they were, yes. And they had, they had some mile mark. There was kilometer markers, but mile markers every five miles. Right. Okay. That's better than I thought. But they were really, really small. <laughs> really, really, really small. Um, and where's Wally with the mile markers? It, it, yeah. And I, and I ran past the 15 mile marker and I looked at my watch and I thought, my watch is telling me I run 15 and a half. Now, I know I weave a little bit, but I wasn't weaving <laughs> that much. I've never been that far out. And I thought, wow, I'm half a mile out. He doesn't even drink. <laughs> Crazy. So deal with that. No blue line. Is that correct? No blue line. I couldn't. I could. But the course is so wide. At no. One so point. I read there's. I so no. I read that there's no blue line. So if you didn't see no. it either, then that still follows. So yeah, no, no blue line to follow. So don't waste your time looking. Don't for waste it. your time looking for it. Yeah. Because you won't. You won't find it. In fact, you know, in terms of the the actual course itself, I mean, there's some stuff that you you can you can um you can look out for, and there are so so when you get to around 19 kilometers you if you look up you'll get to see the tokyo sky tree cool. which is one of two towers there when you get to sort of 24 kilometers this is big shrine mm. and it looks beautiful i've got a really really funny picture of me running past that shrine with one of very very a handful of fancy dress costume which was a guy in a in a panda, he didn't have the rest of it. He had the proper runner kit on and he had like a panda head on. Like the mass singer, he had this, 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 this panda <laughs> Got a bit lost on. on the way to the studio. Yeah. And so, and there wasn't a lot of that sort of fancy dress stuff. And so I think that, you know, and then, and then later on, you get to sort of another shrine towards the end. I would say the other thing that I was I mentioned earlier, the most cruel switchback mm. is when you get to about just over 20 miles. And I was uh, beginning to hurt at 20 miles. Yeah. So sort of like 32, 33 kilometers, you actually then see with 10 kilometers to go, <laughs> you see a sign that says one kilometer to go. Mm-hmm. And this is why I say it's the cruelest switchback. You see the sign, and this hope builds up inside you, yeah. in, in your chest, thinking like I'm almost there, yeah. and it's not. You've oh. got another ten kilometers to run <laughs> yeah. out the, the back. Wrong sign, yeah. And and I would say in that last ah, actually, here's a top tip: when you get to about thirty-five kilometers, and you know I love talking about mm-hmm. this, right? The photographers, yes, <laughs> all the way down that road. Okay. Okay. And they're like multiple of them. So, so just put, you know, if there are 10 photographers, get one of them with a good photo. Dry your tears from the 1km false sign and get, <laughs> get your, your show face on. <laughs> I got some brilliant race day photos just going you down that bit. always do. That is a skill you have. You know where a <laughs> photographer is. Um, other things to point out, aid stations. Yep. 15 of them. Every two to three km, roughly. Well, they they start off one is basically five k. The mm. next one's eleven k, then fifteen yeah. k, then twenty, and thereafter it's every sort of like two and a half k. Yeah, about every two miles or so till you get to the end. There are fifteen of them. 
And all of them have water. And I'm just having a quick look here. Nine of them have... Water seems to be every 5km, is that correct? Water is at every single eight station, 5, 7, 10, 12, 15, 17, 20, and then it's 22, 25, 27, 30. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you also have a sports drink as well. I love this sports drink. (laughs) Sports drink. They have it in Thailand too. Do they? Yeah. Well, you will know. Kari sweat. (laughs) Kari sweat. Full disclaimer, it is not actually sweat, despite the name. So don't let that put you off. It's unique. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else I've ever tasted. It's... Is it like a mild grapefruit flavour? Like a salty mild grapefruit? Is that how you describe it? I remember tasting it, doing a taste test, and I did it on my Instagram feed, and I was like, it's like... It's like some guy called Picari. We found his sweaty socks and we <laughs> squeezed them into, into a bottle and added some some sugar. It's a bit it's salty but sweet, but yeah. it's it, it's it's an experience. I would say it's unique. Yeah, exactly. So again, you know what to expect. So when you land, get a few bottles and just give it a go, just so you can get used to it. Again, because don't try anything new on race day if you can avoid it. So again, if you haven't been able to, it's not going to be the end of the world if you're trying Picari Swap the first time in the race, but it is an unusual experience. So if you can get it earlier, like Gatorade and stuff, you can kind of get used to a Lucasade. That's pretty the same world over. This is a little bit different. So if you can get one when you land and just, just get used to the taste a little bit always helps. And as we advise every time with the rest of like fueling, don't try anything new on the day. Yeah. 100%. If you do decide to buy, somehow buy something from the expo, by all means, get some shiny new things. Don't change up new clothes on the day and don't try anything new. Um, at the aid stations, I did read there are some... So you've got the things you'd expect like oranges, bananas, but they do have some unusual stuff, right? I've read like bread that sometimes can have chocolate or dried fruit in. Did you have any... <laughs> no, it says so. The things they gave out last year: the sweet jellied azuki bean paste. Yep, I saw that. Mm-hmm. It, it did. It did not look appealing at all. Yeah. Right? Again, Didn't have maybe that. not best to try new, especially if you've got a sensitive tongue. Stick to yeah. the things you know. There was two places where they were giving out glucose. There were three places giving out salt candy. There's like a weird... Yeah, I read that. Yeah, it was almost like um, salty candy, they called it. And then there was a calorie mate jelly at one of the stations as well, which I, I did go. I didn't I didn't go anywhere near mm-hmm. as I followed the rule of nothing new on race day. I had tailwind. Yeah. I'd also heard pickled plums. Were they there? I've that's I've seen that on the list that's been there in the past. So you never know, the pickled plum might take a comeback. But exactly what Yumi's saying, try and stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. I took my piece of flapjack, homemade flapjack that I'd taken with me, tailwind and a couple of Morton's gels for the boost. Yeah. And that was absolutely fine. Um, the other thing I would say, toilets yep. on the course. Okay, this is the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) Right, it's almost like they didn't want you to see the toilets on the route. (laughs) So, so you're running along and you go, "Oh, I need the loo," and it says toilet, and there's a sign that says toilet, and you've got to run almost like 200 meters away from the course to get to. Yeah, yeah. So, a friend of mine. So I luckily I did not need the loo on on the unlike I did in Amsterdam. <laughs> Bit of an emergency, another story for another time. Um, but um in Tokyo, 
my friend Ash, he said he like ran 250 meters, like one city block over mm-hmm. to get to the toilet. And then he had to run all the way back to get back to the course again. So he added on half a kilometer oh, wow. just for going to the toilet. Mm-hmm. So just be prepared for that. If you really, really need to go to the loo, make sure you go at the start where there's lots of them. They're very, very clean. And on the course, if you can avoid them, then then great. Not because they're not clean. It's yeah. just because they're so far away. But they will be Western style. They've got they Western, Western style, style toilets, toilets, toilets for you. On the, on the, on the course, yeah. The crowd we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest, weirdest experience. They, it's silent disco were the words that I used before on this one, and it is right. true. There's there's loads of people. They're all there, but they're all just very, you know, the Japanese are very reserved people. Mm-hmm. So they just stand there and they politely clap. In fact, the volunteers were making more noise oh. than the crowd. The <laughs> yeah, volunteers are tripping over people to get litter. Well, you know what? They, well, exactly. Right? You, you get to an aid station and the aid station people are like, woo, go for it. You're doing well. And they're broken English, you know, yeah. and they go, woo. Yeah, I love um, the effort. Absolutely. I did run past a group of like 20 people dressed as Super Mario. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, it, was, it brought a smile to my Your face. Your boy would have I, loved that. <laughs> you know what? He would he would have absolutely been beside himself. It was so fun. It's a shame I didn't get a picture of it, actually. A friend yeah. of mine did, so I'm going to show him the picture. <laughs> the other thing I would say, so the crowd is weird, but the camaraderie on the course, surprisingly good. Right. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's because of the language barrier. There's so many Japanese runners. All the Western runners sort of like get together and they all end up chatting. One of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I had one of the best moments and I've got to mention it because I, I ran with sports tours, as you know, and they were incredible as getting us all to the start line because they put on like big coaches and they took all the, all, yeah, they, they do so, so well. They really looked after us. And I met these guys only a couple of days earlier, um, Lee and and Rich mm-hmm. at breakfast. And we were just chatting about, you know, how many majors and we were all, we all ended up finishing in Boston together, uh, you know, a, a couple of months later. It was brilliant. Awesome. But I was running along and I think Lee had been injured and he had his training hadn't gone to plan. So he was behind me and I was running on one of the switchbacks and I'm running along and I'm chatting to somebody and I hit, suddenly hear this, Yimmy! And I look up and it's Lee and Rich running the other way and I'm filming a video uh, for Young Lives versus Cancer yeah. at the time. And I ended up high-fiving Rich on the way back sort of thing. And I just happened to catch it all on video. And it was just really, really fun. It was yeah, like a really special. uplifting moment. And I saw some other guy who had that NYPD top on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, you're from New York. And we sort of, I sort of talked to him about my New York experience. Nice. Yeah. So that was really fun. So and then like I was doing my video, and then two ladies from Atlanta turned up, and they ran with me for they, they were Jeffing, and I was Jeffing, and and another friend of mine, Mina, who I met in Tokyo, she was running for sports tours as well. She was Jeffing, and we kept on passing each other and kept on high fiving each other as we went past. So the, the camaraderie amongst sort of like the runners, the the runners, it was actually really really good, despite the fact that didn't see many charity 
fancy dress or anything it's like that. It's always a shame. That always makes me sad. But that's, again, just my reasons for running, our reasons yeah, for running. Yeah, same with me. But love to hear that. That's that's awesome. That's something for everyone to look forward to, myself included. I love a bit of race camaraderie and that we can all stick together with that as well. And that's, at the end of the day, when we're all grey, old and wrinkly, it's the memories you look back on that's and the it. bonds that you've made. So love, love to hear that. With the medical aid stations, I'd read that they start at every 5km and then every 2km from halfway. What sort of things can people expect at the aid stations for the Tokyo one? Did you I get didn't a really see that that many of them, actually. I think there were only four that were listed in terms of okay. where they were on the course. There seemed to be a few listed, hopefully this year. Again, something that we didn't mention at the start, we were talking before, is they don't give a lot of information before the race till quite late. I'd say out of all of the majors, it's probably the least, in, and I'm running the thing, it's the least information I've been able to find out early. So they don't release the official actually yeah. guide for runners until February. And bear in mind, most people are landing at the end I'm landing at the end of February for the race that's definitely something that hopefully could be improved in the future there's not much info so from what I saw they seem to be fairly regular I read every 5km and then from halfway 2km but I I think that that's actually more of the um actually yeah the medical aid stations yes actually you're right you're right maybe it was a COVID thing then yeah no 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 actually I'm looking at the I just turned the I just looked at my, as you were talking, mm-hmm. I was just going through my notes from last year and I've just found the Tokyo Runner's Handbook here. Right. And it does say 5, 11, 15, 21. Yeah, there's, yeah. you're right. Every 5K and then halfway, there's every two. Yeah. two kilometers uh, so hopefully this so. podcast can help but don't panic extra yeah. information is coming because i was like hmm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking like earlier than most because uh, for the podcast but i'm running the thing and there's not as much info but that is coming rest assured so yeah so medical aid stations there i'm imagining it's got the typical stuff that you could expect is there like a vaseline equivalent in yeah i think that's usually think, the so. mvp isn't it <laughs> at the medical aid station but again they're efficient they want a safe race so they will look after you all the same now finish line i've heard yimmy that post finish line there is a bit of a long walk but i compare everything now to the new york marathon finish line no (laughs) what's there isn't (laughs) (laughs) there isn't fantastic that makes me happy when when you compare it to new york Everything's a short walk now. Exactly. Well, that's my thing. So I'm like, normally I'd say, is it a long walk? From zero to New York, what are we saying? <laughs> like, Look, I, I, I think it's nowhere near New York. Look, you right. can walk to the the metro station. There are three metro stations all within mm-hmm. you know, a short walk, 10 minutes sort of walk. And then I actually have the coach option. So right. looking to see if, if your hotel will do the coach option okay. to take you to the start. And what you end up with is a, another sticker. And you're supposed to stick the sticker to you somewhere. And it actually gives you the, a bus ride to all the major hotels in all the major cities across Tokyo. Because Tokyo's it's it's a bit like London and the boroughs and, mm-hmm. and New York and the boroughs. They have each area has like the major hotels and they will they have buses taking people back right. and it, it's very very efficient. 
And I found that by far the easiest way. And and those buses were right there in the car park to the Imperial Palace. So that was easy. And if not, you're uh, finishing right by, at the train station, basically. You're, anyway, you're finishing well. right at the train station. So it's, 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 it's well, it's, it's a 10 minute walk to the train station. So it's not that far. Right. It is complicated, though. When you get the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get the runner's handbook, don't yeah. freak out at the... The, the, there's nine different exits and there's four yeah. this way and four that way. I saw an and old one, one and there was just colours galore. I was yes. like, oh goodness, I was yeah. like, I'll look at that later. <laughs> and that is a very standard Japan, Tokyo thing. Mm-hmm. You get lots of colour and it's almost too busy for you to actually find the information that you want. But just, I think the main thing is there's a grey one, which is the middle. I just plump for the middle and just keep on walking and you will get to the metro yeah. station. It's It's actually quite straightforward. Right. And what about the finish line itself? I know we said like you've got that nasty switch back near the end, but like, is yes. it a big finish line? Does it it's... come? Is it a fair finish line? You know, some of these things when you get to like the 500 meter mark and you're like, God, that was the longest fire. Like Chicago, I thought was you had that little bit of uphill, but I thought Chicago finish line came quite quickly. It, it, it's, it's when you see it. It's quite weird because you do the switch back, you mm-hmm. come past. And you get to that one kilometer to go and you almost run into like a park. And it feels like you've walked onto like one of those business estates Mm. and it's quite wide. And Mm. I remember running down there and thinking, where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? And you get to the last corner and then you turn and then the finish line's right there. See, that's good. I think that's nice in a way that because when you see it, then you're there. Sometimes the ones where you see it and you think, oh, great, it's there. And it just seems to be getting further so away. So far from away, you. like Berlin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tokyo is not like that at all. Tokyo is you run along, you turn left into that last straight, that one last kilometer. And it's quite a wide bit of road. And then it gets a bit narrower. And then there's like a left turn. And then sort of like, 30 meters, if I remember rightly, just from memory, you, there's a last corner, you turn the corner and then there's a finish line. And it's mm-hmm. not like a big archway or anything. There's like, there's a bit of signage on one side and a signage on the other. And it's quite a wide finish line. So you kind of like, and quite busy. Yeah. So it's, it's not like the epic finish that you get in a, in a, in like okay. a New York or a mm-hmm. Boston. Any like finish line poses people should be doing or, or is the photographers later? I think actually they're on the line, but my finish line poses, because it's so wide, mm-hmm. you end up with lots of people around you and you don't get a really good, it's not like London okay. or Chicago. I thought you were going to say you're in like panorama. Yeah, no, no. Well, it's almost like, yeah, it's like a whole, you know, a group picture of like a hundred runners yeah, and you're in amongst mates. them doing your your thing um and being a shorter runner of course you mm-hmm. know i'm you know i'm going to be hidden in the crowd yeah um but i think that it's not like you know uh chicago where we got some awesome finish line photos it it's not like that at all yeah. i would say get your sort of like final straight photos on the final straight and my my one from my tokyo post on instagram it's one of my favorite race Ooh, photos race and it's taken one. on that last straight. Love it. So yeah, use the final straight for your best photos. I think there's photographers afterwards at the end as well. What about like the, the question people be wanting to know? We're all magpies at the end of the day. What's the goodie bag like? What goodies do you get post-race? So post-race you get like a you get like a poncho. Yes, this is what I like to hear. You get a foil blanket. 
you get a foil blanket with mm-hmm. Tokyo Marathon on it. That's quite cool. I've still got mine somewhere. Of course I have, right? And then you also get the weirdest thing. It's it, it's it's like it's like a beach towel. I heard it, yeah, it's like a Tokyo towel. Yeah, it's like a but it's not a towel. It's it's got like poppers on so you can like put your arms in it and it, it's like it's got a hood. Oh, so it's like a towel dress. It's like a towel with a hood. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> but it's we'll take colorful. whatever we're given. We love a freebie. <laughs> and it was warm and I've not used it since. Yeah. And you know, it's it's like I guess it's like one of those what are those things called? Those dry robes. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a small mini dry robe sort of thing. <laughs> a it's got a hood. Top dry robe. <laughs> 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 so so yes you, th- that was the freebie i can't remember getting any i think there might have been a banana or something that was immediately afterwards okay so just you, you standard yeah fairly standard you know the the whole i trained for 16 weeks to to get a free <laughs> banana you know sort of thing crop top dry road crop top dry road yeah <laughs> we'll take um it. i think the last things i would say yeah. other event tips yeah. okay i'm just going to go through a few of these mm-hmm. number one Japanese culture, very, very polite, mm-hmm. very, very rules-based, very, very compliant. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Crossing the roads, nobody jaywalks in Tokyo. Good to know because I am terrible about that, I'll, I'll admit. Don't jaywalk. The, the police will stop you. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the night. It's 11 o'clock at night. You stood on the road. The light's on red for pedestrians, Right. But no cars, you wait until it turns green. Yeah. Right? It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Right? Everyone does that. Everyone follows the rules. Very, very clean. Even the toilets are clean. I mentioned there are no bins anywhere. I even saw on the metro station at night, there were people cleaning behind the advertising hoardings with like big like dusters. You never see that on the underground, would you? You never get to see that in the London underground. It never gets cleaned in 10 years, right? You get you, you look behind there and there are rats. The ra- I was going to say, the rats are doing better, the cleaner than... <laughs> right. So exactly. So it's very, very clean. Do not litter anywhere. Do not litter on the course. Gels, extra clothes, whatever. If you're caught littering, you will get disqualified. So don't do that. There's lots of... The designated areas. I also read for for Japan, am I right in... uh, I've had a few people tell me when, even just when you're out and about in Japan, especially as a tourist, you do need to have your ID on you because you could get checked. Yes, you can get checked. So take your ID with you. That's true. Everywhere you go. Um, I always have it anyway. Other top tip is when you get to your hotel... Take a photo or a screenshot of your hotel name and address in Japanese. Smart, yeah. And if you ever need to get a taxi, half these taxi drivers, most of the taxi drivers don't speak English. Show them your phone and they'll see the address and they'll put it into their GPS and they'll take you back. That's going to help a lot of people, I think. (laughs) And lots of these taxis, if you do get a taxi, don't touch the door handles. They get really, really upset because they have automatic. How do you open them then? Well, they auto they they press a button. They automatically oh, open for you. Magic, right? So, so there's that. That's the other thing. The language barrier is very, very real. Mm-hmm. And even in big shops that I went to, I went to ask people for 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 help with something, 
and and very very few people even young people who you'd have thought go, you know who studied english or whatever very very few people actually speak english so don't expect that mm-hmm. and on the race don't expect your name to be called very often because again one they're too polite to call people's <laughs> names out and yeah. shout and two they can't read it anyway yeah right? got to follow the rules of the silent disco it's silent disco continues <laughs> it's almost like tokyo is like it's a big hassle for them to put on the marathon and they just want it over and done with and cleaned up as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. right? So so just be prepared that there's not that sort of like, you know, run up the buzz that you get in like in a Boston or in a Chicago. Yeah. But having said that, the food there is amazing. I can't wait. I'm, that's not, do you know what? That's what, apart from obviously your company, we get on really well. It's one of the saddest things that I wasn't there to experience that with you because you always have great suggestions. And also that's the type of food you love anyway. So like to experience it in Japan with you, that would have been great. I'm sad. I it was it. incredible. Vegetarian, if you don't like, you know, there's plenty of veggie stuff. Great. I would say my other top tip is to take some cash with you. Okay. Because the cash thing is very, very real. Um, you they it's almost like they had like oyster card system, and I'll come on to this in a second, mm-hmm. way before, and it's like Hong Kong as well, where they've got the octopus card, yeah. where their travel cards you could put money on and they could use those travel cards. But the latest version of Apple Pay or whatever hasn't quite taken off in Japan yet. Yeah. So more money, more actual money. Take some ca- actual cash with you because some of the best places to eat, Meg, mm-hmm. are these like like these little restaurants, little cafes at the side of the road. And the way you go in, you choose the meal that you want off this vending machine and you put money in and, and it often spits it out because it doesn't accept the note or whatever. And, and you press a button and it sings this little tune to you and it gives you this ticket and you take the ticket inside the cafe and you sit down in the seating area and they bring you your food. It's amazing. I'm right? such a, like curiosity is one of my top values. I'm so You're excited love it. for this in Tokyo. I'm going to be like. Ooh. And I'll need to find the name of it. I had the best spaghetti carbonara outside of Italy wow. in Japan the night before race day. Yeah, please do share when you find it. I'll add it. it was, that was, I'll try and find it. It was absolutely incredible, but every cuisine is available. Any budget, high budget, low budget, cheap eats or or high end. You don't want to be eating too much rich food before the actual race anyway. The the other thing I I mentioned, these charge cards. Mm -hmm. There are two charge card systems out there. One's called Pasmo Mm -hmm. and the other one's called Suka. Okay. And Suka, I'm just going to show this up to the screen. Hopefully you'll be able to see that. That's the one I've heard of. Yeah, Suka. Yeah. Yeah, Suka card. S-U-I-C-A. S-U-I-C-A and PASMO, P-A-S-M-O. You can go on to like Apple Pay mm-hmm. and add it to your wallet first and it's like empty. And what you do is you charge money onto it to so put like a £10 onto it. You can use that on the Metro without getting a credit card out to tap every single time. Western credit cards on Apple Pay won't work. Okay, great to know. But PASMO cards, will you you can use in vending machines. You can use in lots of restaurants and stuff. They will they they accept it. And and talking about restaurants, my last last tip, and maybe I'll leave you with this one. Mm-hmm. Do not tip. 
anyone. Okay. So, which is really important because like so many of the majors are in America and obviously that's completely like you're expected to tip for everything. So don't tip in Japan. It's, it, they see it as offensive. Right. Very good to know. Do not tip anyone. They do it for the love of doing it and they do it with sincerity. Which I love. I love that. And so, yeah, thank you for that, because we're going to save face from upsetting a lot of people there. Any, just quickly, any off the top of your head, like things that you were like, definitely see this sightseeing off the top of your head, like if you're going in Tokyo. I'd say two things to go. Medal Monday, if you've got more time, yeah. right, go and take up one of those tours and go and see the monkeys that are sitting in the hot springs. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I didn't have time to do that. That was a real shame, yeah. right? That would have been worthwhile doing. Inside Tokyo, I would say go to the Tokyo Tower because the view from the Tokyo Towers is insane. Right. And then you you almost got the the Eiffel Tower. The, the well, you go to the Eiffel Tower thing. It's like it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's like you know, there's a sky tree there as well. Again, really really good views. And and just go and look at some of the temples and the shrines and stuff and go and visit some of those because some of them are absolutely incredible. So it's too early. You're a month too early for the cherry blossom, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but there's plenty to go and And also, oh, and go to the junction, of course, Shinjinku Junction. Yes, yes, I think you're right. Where where it's just crazy. Oh, by the way, top tip for a medal photo, Mm -hmm. go to the crossing and I'm just going to look it up quickly because this is worthwhile doing. Mm -hmm. There's a Starbucks on that junction and you go into Starbucks, go and buy yourself a coffee and then sit in the window. Shibuya Crossing, that's what it's called. Yeah, I, was trying, I was trying to remember. It's called Shibuya Crossing. And you see it where people just cross over the middle of the road and it's like organized chaos. It is brilliant. <laughs> um, but go and get a photo, a Medal Monday photo, looking out of the window in Starbucks of that crossing. It's absolutely amazing. Best tip there. Love that. So everyone, hopefully this episode has been super useful. Thank you so much, Yumi, for doing their their heavy lifting there, for having done the race before. It's so nice to hear your experience. And it's certainly, I was excited before. It's got me even more excited. Your race, make the most of it. As I say, all of the things we've shared today should are not to worry you. They're actually to hopefully like get you feeling excited, get motivated. And like we said, have just have a strategy. It's a different culture, different language, and different race to what you're used to. As long as you have a strategy and you stick to your plan, you're going to have a fantastic race. Now, to finish off, we usually do the ranking out of six, but I feel like we've done this a few times now. We know what it is. So I wanted, and also I can't rank this one yet until I've done it. So we'll, we'll revisit it maybe for the Boston episode. <laughs> but so what I wanted to do, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Yimmy is doing his incredible challenge this year, the 12 and 12 months for his 50th. And he is doing all six of the majors again, which I believe you will be in a very small club of people that have actually done that. So that's impressive in itself. You're already impressive because you've done the six majors in the shortest time frame because of the COVID changes. What I want to ask you, essentially, you've got a chance of redemption at all six races. With all six coming up again, what would you say is going to be your number one redemption race where you're like, I'm really looking forward to giving this another crack? I'm I'm going to say it's my ranked sixth race. It's New York. Yeah, I thought this was going to be the case. Yeah. 
I'm excited for you though. I th- I I honestly think this is going to be a, 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 like a better experience. I'm going to go and make my peace <laughs> with the New York City Marathon. Meg. Find your soul again when you left it. <laughs> I, I I was I was pretty broken, and if you listen to the New York Marathon episode, you'll understand why. I promised, you know, one of my Facebook group members who's a 26 times veteran of the New York City Marathon. And and she actually said some feedback to us, Meg, which was, I said, oh, it's pretty controversial. I was really nervous about her feedback. And she listened to it. Mm. And then she came back almost straight away and said, nothing you've said in there is inaccurate. Oh, wow. Okay, that's that's big feedback. It, you are you are spot on and it's one of the you know the logistics is the worst thing and you know what this time learn from experience i'm not gonna take the the bus no. and get lost yeah i'm staten gonna take the island. staten island ferry right and get there a bit later yeah and have a bit more of a lie-in i'm not gonna bag drop and waste my time on the no. saturday and then walk 20 blocks back to go and pick up my bag you're gonna pack your sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> just in case yeah just in so, case and also like you know those hills are coming to just make them work to your to your advantage i'm actually genuinely actually really pleased that you because even so like we both like it was a ranked lower race for both of us i think i found it a little bit better than you had so i'm yeah. i'm actually really excited that you get to go back and give it another crack i'm really excited for you I'm going to give it a crack and I'm going to report back. And I've, the way I figured it is if I can, I'm running Tromso, the Midnight Sun Marathon in June, and there's only like 700 runners, Meg, mm. for this whole race. Yeah, and it's one, the crowds, of, one of the best to do just because it's so unique. I'm I'm going to learn, get over my, you know, having to do it very in a very, very quiet, unsupported sort of atmosphere more so than than Tokyo because there's nobody there (laughs) apart from the end I expect Mm -hmm. but uh, I got over my fear of hills in Boston I got over my fear of switchbacks in Tokyo I need to get over my fear of running in those bridges and stuff in New York so that redemption is coming I'm going to go into it with an open mind not set myself too high an expectation and just go out there and just make my peace with it yeah the redemption race here it comes yeah Well, there we go. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened and continues to listen to our episodes. We actually genuinely love doing them. We love hanging out. As hopefully you can tell, we're a bit goofy together anyway, but we genuinely love to do it. And if our experiences and knowledge can make the race a little bit easier for you, um, then job done. We're very happy. So please don't be strangers. Give us a message. If you've listened to the episode, enjoy it. Share it. If you know anyone who's doing it, please come and give me a wave at the start line in Tokyo. Let's use some of that race camaraderie. I'd love to hear from you. And yeah, that's star number five that we've covered, just Boston to go. So we'll have that coming in the near future. If you've got any questions or anything or other races that you want us to cover as well, we've done quite a few between us, not just the marathon majors, then let us know. Have the best race. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Good luck, Meg. I'm supporting you all the way. Yes, and I will have that click, Sergeant. Young Lies versus Cancer now, as it's known. Um, I'll be wearing that proud. That's what it's all about for me. So yeah, can't wait to wear the vest again. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg Method podcast. If you want to learn more about my coaching and access some free coaching resources, 
please visit my website, themegmethod.com or send me a message at The Meg Method on Instagram. I would love to learn to know you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would be so grateful if you could please share the love forward. You can show your support in three simple ways. You could please subscribe by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. You could send details of my coaching to a loved one or you could share this episode with others by tagging me in your social media stories at The Meg Method. Just see the show notes for more details. And if you're feeling extra kind, it would make my day if you could please leave a review. Thank you to my legendary podcast team, Brooklyn Fraser and Alicia Navarro. Your hard work and expertise is always appreciated. Thank you again for listening. Have an excellent day. Try your best. Be kind. Big love.